1: Jameson on the Finding Human program on High FM 101.9, and my top An Age of Anger. I decided to do this on my own because I wanted to discuss a few um, things that have happened lately since I've been in Israel and and now home. The, there's a, a very good quote by Eckhart Tolle. He says, "Where there is anger, there is always pain underneath." And if I think of the world today, and when I say the age of anger, it's it's actually heartbreaking to see the anger among young people, older people, all races. Uh, And um, I I just believe that I've just come off the – I was watching Al Jazeera, then I was watching CNN, and I thought to myself, why am I doing this to myself? Why should I actually – Get in touch with this anger that is in the world. And, and then I saw this on the back of a car the other day, a little sticker. It said, anger is one letter short of danger. And I thought, wow, how true. Because with anger does come danger. And that danger can suddenly spill over into what we're seeing at the moment, which is a lot of chaos in the world. So today on the CNN program, uh, they were talking about the, there was an, a, a protester, um, and against the Iranian, um, government and how he, he actually managed to escape, uh, and he, he couldn't believe that he actually had managed to get to freedom, but he was terribly worried about his family back home. And then the Auckland flooding, I mean, you know, and they were expecting more water to come. And so it went on and on and on. And um, the world is beginning to feel helpless, I I believe. People are feeling helpless. They're trying to take back control from anyone that, that they can blame for this feeling of helplessness. And so what are we seeing? We're seeing an exponential rise in hatred of minorities anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, uh, Black Lives Matter. There are just, there's so much anger towards everybody at the moment. And um, I couldn't help thinking, I was thinking of uh, Leo Bascaglia, who talks about love, uh, um, and I'm going to talk about that a bit later. But the more angry one becomes and the more uh, this hatred rises and the anger, rises, the objects of hated they are there we need more objects uh, to hate and more causes to to hate in this time of crisis and uh, I think what we don't understand is that no one will ever get out of here alive so you know why don't we try and and help one another I'm going to be talking about um, silence and I'm going to be talking about the uh, different ideologies, and how we can actually approach things from our own perspective. And then I saw this quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. It said, we all boil at different degrees. And I thought, wow, that's really true, especially when I saw this um, uh, an article by the Mayo Clinic on um, panga. You know, panga is the anger that is experienced during and since the pandemic. And let's um, said, people often try to avoid or get rid of unpleasant internal experiences, including thoughts, emotions, and memories. With anger, the tendency to avoid can result in various automatic reactions that aren't always helpful and can even increase anger over time. For example, lashing out at someone may make you feel better in the moment, but it doesn't often help in the long term and may even make you feel much worse. It says we need to listen to Anger's message about what what we, you know, what do we value? And so I quite like this, this word, panga, because it, very definitely the pandemic has made us look at things in a different way. And how are we going to cope with this? And also, as we're told again and again on every single news media that you might put on, the pandemic is still there. It's still a threat. We don't know how bad it's going to be. So we're also living in fear. And fear is so often turned into anger. And um, I also uh, read something that said one minute of anger weakens the immune system of four to five hours. One minute of laughter boosts the immune system for 24 hours so I think it's time we started to laugh and um, with this pen with this panga um, everything around us seems to the, the things have uh, changed so actually not there anymore and we can't we don't really know where we headed let's let's face it um how do we uh, chart a path forward when we're not sure where we're even going because our basic bearings, uh, um, are, are actually missing because of this pandemic. But you know, people, uh, uh, I heard someone say the other day, I was in a queue at the shop and I heard her talking to a man behind her and she said, yeah, I'm supposed to be going to America in June, but who knows, who knows where I'll be. I'll probably still be here, sitting out the pandemic, but we need, when times like this hit us, what do we need? We're needing to look at the choices we make. What are we understanding about this age of anger? What? Why are we so confused by it all? And we have to actually anchor our own self in our values. and and get an enlarged understanding of what it actually means to be human. The ideals of freedom, equality, prosperity, those have all changed now. What does freedom mean to us? What is freedom? And freedom, we saw very definitely, especially in lockdowns, was not the freedom of movement. But it was the freedom to do what we could in the time we were given. Some people said they found this, that time, very beneficial to their, for their relationships, for themselves, for what they got done. Other people said it destroyed their relationships and destroyed them. So once again, that is always the choice in how we actually are going to go through it. Are we going to look obstinately at what the future may hold and think, well, it's gonna happen anyway and I might as well just give up? Or are we going to decide how are we going to cope? Now Leo Biscaglio, his quote shows the power that one man could actually make among many. He was he was the most amazing man. And uh, when I started looking at uh, the different things that he was talking about, his main thing was that he he shifted his own perspective after losing one of his students to suicide. And he chose then to start focusing on the Mm -hmm. students as individuals, teaching them Mm -hmm. the basics of love and human relationships. And isn't that what we are beginning to realize is being asked of us? get back to that in a moment
0: this is finding human with sue jackson
1: only on 101.9 high fm we're now going to go to a very short youtube by leo bascoglia on risks i want to read you this
2: and then i i promise to close but it says this to laugh is to risk appearing the fool well so what fools have a lot of fun To weep is to risk being called sentimental. Of course I'm sentimental! I love it! To reach out to another is to risk involvement. Who's risking involvement? I want to be involved! To expose feelings is to risk showing your true self. What else do I have to show? To place your ideas and your dreams before the crowd is to risk being called naive. Oh, I'm called worse things than that. (laughs) To love is to risk not being loved in return. I don't love to be loved in return. To live is to risk dying. I'm ready for it. Don't you dare shed one tear if you hear that Buscalia blew up in the air. Drop dead with enthusiasm. To hope is to risk despair, and to try is to risk failure. But risks must be taken, because the greatest risk in life is to risk nothing. The person who risks nothing, does nothing, has nothing, is nothing, and becomes nothing. He may avoid suffering and sorrow, but he simply cannot learn and feel and change and grow and love and live. Chained by his certitudes, he's a slave He's forfeited his freedom. Only the person who risks is
0: truly free. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on 101.9 High FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on the High FM 101.9. If you would like to contact us, please do so on SMS 34519 or Telegram on 061. 8951019. One, Before we go on, I actually wanted to thank Craig and, and Wissy for keeping me on air. I am working from home and they might have, I might have mentioned already that there might be a slight buzzing noise. It's from the inverter. Now what you heard from, um, Leo Bascaglia was how we need to risk. We need to actually Say to ourselves, right, what can I lose if I actually do this? What can I gain? And so often we are absolutely amazed when we find what we have gained. And uh, Henry David Thoreau said, not until we are lost do we begin to understand ourselves. And sometimes it's in this being lost that the risk is actually has to be taken. How do we regain our footing? How do we begin to feel a bit more secure within ourselves because insecurity and anger and fear all breed more of that. And what happens then is that the people around us in our environment also start feeling it. Uh, I'm sure you've been with people who are very, very angry and it spills over onto you. And it's a horrible feeling. And once again, I was actually um, at a at a traffic light. And it just turned green, only just turned green. And I was about to take off when a car shot from the other side. And thank goodness I hadn't taken off. But the car behind me started hooting and hooting and hooting at me to tell me to move because of um, the robot had changed. Now, if I had moved, I would have been wiped out. So fortunately, I was not angry enough to say, I'm going to beat you anyway, because I wouldn't have beaten them. They would have beaten me, and that would have been, goodbye, Susan. Anyway, let's go on about the resilience that we all have to learn in this time of anger, because without resilience, we won't get through it. And resilience is love learned. Because inside each and every one of us, there is this force called resilience. And it 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 just, once we look at that resilience, we can see that the victim role falls away. And we can actually get up, stand up as a stronger person. And we can be happy again. And Elie Wiesel says this in his book *Night* so clearly when he spoke about wanting to live again. Viktor Frankl said the same that uh, Elie oh. didn't want to live the same, but he again, but he had a responsibility to live, oh. and and that I think is what we we need to understand. We have an, uh, we have the need to actually cope with this time of anger. So that we can help our children understand it, help our loved ones understand it. And this, it's never too late to actually, do it, to, to share what we have learned and not to be happy clappers. I've often said that before to admit that we do have feelings, but also to look at what decisions we can make. Are we a better person today than we were yesterday? And that is a question that is often asked. And it's that once again that question, Adam, where are you? And who can answer that? Only we can answer that. You and I can only answer for ourselves. Nobody can answer for us. But we are questioned. And at the moment, we are questioned all the time. But we are not hopeless victims. We get up and we learn how to move and we learn how to love and it's in love that with other people with the world with nature whatever it is that brings that sense of love into our lives we need to feed that and with that we become more and more resilient I saw such an interesting um, thing the other day Um, I think it was yesterday on 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 J post and, uh, it was about an Arab, um an Arab Israeli who is also, um, a, a working for, with the, the MDA, the Hatzola in Israel. And he, and what he said, I, I actually loved what he said because he said that, just let me find it. First responder Fadi Dekadek said, Jews save Arabs and Arabs save Jews and he said um, that uh, when he was called, he was the first on the scene of the Jerusalem synagogue massacre on January the 27th and um, he he spoke afterwards about this that when he was asked was he an Arab, he's an Israeli Jew, I mean an Israeli Arab and that's when he said Jews save Arabs and Arabs save Jews And if we can think like that, we can stop hating, hating one another, thinking, well, unless I do away with you, I will never be able to live. And um, Leo Biscaglia also said, too often we underestimate the power of a touch, a smile, a kind word, a listening ear, an honest compliment, or the smallest act of caring, all of which have the potential to turn a light Around and when I read that, I thought about this uh, this man uh, uh, Fadi Dekadek, and I thought, well, you know, you've you have honestly stepped out of the norm and decided that you're going to do something to make a difference. We can all do that. We can all become Fadi Dekadek diversity is something that we need to begin to understand and that there are differences between people but these not they don't have to act as barriers certainly not barriers that harm that that destroy and that drive us apart rather quite honestly these are this diversity this is diversity among cultures and civilizations, among every gender. And with these should be valued, looked at and realized that these are all have a part to play in our lives. Uh, it's like that song, all God's uh, creatures have a place in the world. And so because of that, we should all be valued. And because of the richness of our shared diversity, and creativity. I don't know when we actually lost it because with children, they, they don't, they don't see the differences. And that is what I found so beautiful to watch a group of children going up to other children and just playing with them, not noticing that they might be different. It's a very beautiful thing to to see and we can learn so much from children. When did we stop caring? When did we begin to see the differences? Albert Schweitzer said at times our own light goes out and is rekindled by a spark from another person. Each of us has cause to think with deep gratitude of those who have lighted the flame within us. And I was thinking about that. And what it actually got me thinking was, who in my life have lit that flame within me? Who in my life do I look at with great gratitude for actually being where I am, where what I've learned, what I can still learn? And it is in my relationships. And these are relationships that we have to cherish, we have to build, we have to Make sure that we are also, to them, that we will also be able to light their flame. I think this is very something that we can share. But sometimes when our own flame goes out, we do need others to help us. I had a similar um, uh, experience in Israel <clears throat> last month. Sorry, I dropped a pencil. But this experience taught me a lot. I was at the hotel one day and I was on my own. And this is a very personal story, but I think it's a story we can perhaps uh, I would like to share with you and hope that you would also understand where sometimes where you're coming from. Um, I was at the hotel on my own and I was sitting on a chair. And suddenly I had a vision of someone that I was very close to who had... um, passed away quite a few years ago and I suddenly thought of something I wished I had told him and as I thought of this the tears started rolling down my face and I and I wanted to to talk to him I wanted to tell him what I wished I had said and just then I heard a little voice shouting safta safta and it was my little grandchild and she was running towards me at the hotel. And needless to say, I brushed away my tears and put out my arms to welcome her, and that was that. Didn't get in touch with the feelings that were, had bubbled up inside me, and were probably waiting to boil over because they needed to be expressed. But they weren't expressed. And what happened, within a few hours, I lost my voice. Now my voice is meme, it is my work. Voice and words are, are how I interact with the world. All of a sudden, I couldn't rely on that. And we were there for a wedding. And I, I well, all the new people that I was meeting, the people that I knew at the wedding, I kept having to whisper, yes. sorry, I can't talk. This went on and on and on. And the the people who lit my flame from within and carried me through this were my husband, my children, my grandchildren. They they made it my my in law children. They made it a point of actually saying sorry, but uh, Safta's got laryngitis. What I didn't tell them at the time was that Safta didn't have laryngitis. Safta had actually just tried to swallow her feelings and instead had lost her voice so when our own light does go out we sometimes have to look deeper and see what is the meaning behind this Um, when I came back I actually went on to Louise Hay and I thought alright let me see what Louise Hay has got to say about this and um, I I actually she didn't really say much about it but she said uh, it was in in that heal your life of Mm -hmm. hers you know she said The importance of listening in silence was very, very important. Well, I couldn't believe what I was actually hearing in the silence and probably hearing things that other people could never have have heard. First of all, I realized that Jerusalem is an incredibly noisy city. Oh, my word, The, the noise never ends and it goes on all night. I longed, to tell you the truth. Or Friday afternoon and Shabbat, because then no cars, very few cars on the road. All construction ended and it was quiet. There weren't hooters going, there weren't people. It was, it was quite amazing. But what, um, Louise Hayes says that, um what we have to, uh, uh, she said, I, I have derived a number of personal insight concerning losing my voice. First, a bit of background, and she said, I love to talk, and and I'm known to be a very talkative and animated person. I believe that one of my greatest strengths is my ability to communicate well through both writing and speaking. Well, she could have been speaking to talking to me at the time, but um, what she did go on to say is that now it was time to listen. She has stated that her probable cause rings true for 95% of the time, which is that you have to listen more, and uh, and also to express your anger. That if you really are feeling angry, that you you feel so mad that you can't speak, fear of speaking up, resentment at not being able to, to speak up. She says these are all probably causes, probable causes of the laryngitis. And um, i I've, I've had to look at that. There had been an incident when we arrived there of a lot of anger over over a taxi driver. And once again, I did sort of keep my words um, to myself and probably had to speak up. So there we are. What what am I, what is I being taught? I was being taught that I had to use my voice more constructively. And that that was a, a good thing. And one of the other things that I want to talk about is on the news at the moment, there is so much of um, what happened with that. Um, what was his name? Uh, I'm just trying to think. In Memphis, uh, anyway, I can't. quite think of his name, but of the violent death that he at the at the hand uh, the hands of the scorpion unit there oh. who who beat him to death, and um, it was. Too shocking to watch. I don't know if you saw that video. But Eddie Vizel said, what hurts the victim most is not the cruelty of the oppressor, but the silence of the bystanders. And this was so, so Mm -hmm. relevant there. The bystanders doing nothing, even the ambulance drivers, the other um, policemen who were standing by while this man was being literally beaten to death thank you Craig
0: this is finding human with Sue Jackson only on 101.9 high FM
1: you're now going to be listening to another um, short youtube also by Leo Bascaglia that love is the only truth
2: have the courage to love since love costs nothing to give or to take you've got nothing to lose Keep and maintain your sense of humor. You're going to need it because in a crazy world, it's only your insanity that will keep you sane. (laughs) You've got to be a little nuts to survive. Remember that in spite of the propaganda to the contrary, there's plenty of love about. Feel it tonight. You'd have to be a zombie not to feel the vibrations of love. Not to want to turn around and hug everybody in your environment. Remember that in spite of the propaganda to the contrary, there's plenty of love about. Most of us don't find it because we are very particular about finding our kind of love. You're going to look forever. Don't wait for others to bring you love. Be aggressive. Generate it yourself. And don't worry about the fact that your love isn't perfect. I have people telling me when I, when my love becomes perfect, then I, you know, duh, you will wait forever. (laughs) Don't worry about the fact that love, your love isn't perfect. If a person says that they offer you the perfect love, they're either a liar or a fool, so run like hell. (laughs) And no matter what else you've done of significance, it's a day wasted. Unless you've laughed, unless you've learned something new, and unless you've found someone or something new to love. Love each day as if it were your last. Because one of these days you're going to be right. So ask yourself, as a personal favor to me, why is it so difficult for me to say those three simple little words? I love you. What power? Forget your ego. Get out of your own way. It's time you say to the people in your speech, I love you. Oh, what an incredible feeling it gives you and what an incredible feeling it gives them. And with those feelings, you have the power to soothe and to create and to build and to know what I always say we all
0: must be striving for, rapture. This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson. Only on one hundred one point
1: nine High FM. Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human program on one hundred one point nine High FM. Um, Some of that podcast that YouTube might not have come out. There is a little bit of a distancing I can hear in between, like uh, every now and again, it seems to be a bit um, like almost like a dash. But anyway. Uh, Leo Biscaglia said, value yourself. The only people who appreciate a doormat are people with dirty shoes. So I think often we're often told, you know, love yourself. um, uh, And that's what we need to do. And Eddie Vizor also said, mankind must remember that peace is not God's gift to his creatures. It is our gift to each other. That in this world of anger... This world of of um, violence in Ukraine and everywhere else, um, that's what we need to understand. It's our gift to each other. And we need to understand that also what Eddie Bessel said, we must always take sides. Neutrality helps oppressor, never the victim. Silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. And it's not always easy to talk out. It's probably very scary to do so. But I think, as, as he also said, that the, the bystanders, that the bystanders who did nothing hurt the most. And we've just come from Holocaust Remembrance uh, Memorial Day. And if you actually think about so, so many of the people who've been interviewed, Holocaust survivors, have said, it was the the indifference of the people standing by who did nothing, nothing at all to help. And I again, I tell you that the opposite of love is not hatred but indifference. Now I want to go on to a different subject. I'm sort of jumping from subject to subject. What I did, let me just finish about the what I learnt uh, in silence. What I learnt in silence was that my own creativity in my head actually needed the silence, because I wrote reams and reams of of uh, of a book that that's been in my head. I uh, it was it was Shabbos. I didn't write it one day, but because of the silence, because I couldn't talk, the thoughts in my head actually were amplified. So it showed me that once one one, um, uh, sensory of your body goes, whether whether, whether it's smell, taste, sight, something else actually becomes uh, more refined, I suppose you could say, and more in tune. And that's what happened with my mind once I went into silence. It was was very strange to see other people's reactions. Also to me, uh, many people... Especially new new people who never knew me before kind of were very startled at this person who wasn't even talking. Sorry, I'm just taking a sip of water. Now, what the one thing that I also really love is what's called dark humour. And I think in... In our world today, we are needing this dark humor. Why do we laugh at things that aren't a laughing matter? And it says the famous psychiatrist and Holocaust survivor, Victor Frankl wrote that an outsider would be astonished to hear of the humor that existed in Auschwitz. He said humor was the soul's weapon uh, in the fight for self-preservation. But it goes on to say, in today's era of cancel culture and comedy by committee, it's the surest way to destroy a funny story to analyze it. And yet analysis, yeah. lighthearted at least, is what we propose to do, that we need the, in the world at the moment. Then why we laugh at things that aren't a laughing matter? Um, uh, and he go, they go on to say that uh, in the late 1990s, librarians librarians at the Vernovsky uh, National Library of Ukraine came across hundreds of handwritten Yiddish lyrics and songs dating back to the Nazi occupation of Soviet Ukraine. They rediscovered in the music. And what did they rediscover when they they found this music? It was their defiant, even crude and graphic lyrics was in fact that even amid unthinkable horror, Jewish people retained the capacity to laugh and uh, there are boundaries for humor obviously but um it depends on, on how you actually take it and that got me thinking about a, a post that came through it said uh, it was a, a a picture of a of a road filled with potholes potholes everywhere and the, the caption said in england they drive on the left where i live we drive on what's left and that <laughs> I thought that's actually dark humor of what we're going through with our potholes. There's also a lot of dark humor about load shedding at the moment. And um, um, Victor Frankl said that uh, the attempt to develop a sense of humor and to see things in a humorous light is some kind of a trick learned while mastering the art of living. So there we are. It's the art of living. Now, who do we know also who does this? And who did I think of immediately? was Zapiro, after Jonathan Shapiro. And he's a an editorial cartoonist for the Sunday Times, Daily Maverick, Mail and Guardian. He's he's very well known certainly around the world and in South Africa. Thank you, Craig.
0: This is Finding Human with Sue Jackson, only on one oh one point nine high FM.
1: Hello, this is Sue Jackson on the Finding Human programme time is going very quickly but it's always nice to be back with you um i was thinking also about jonathan uh well zappiro it's us call him road and how to some people it's very offensive but i think often dark humor is offensive but it depends on who's actually doing it so if it's The strange thing is that if it's, uh, as uh, Frankel said in the camps, making fun of what was going, what was happening to them, or laughing with each other, that that was a, a, a weapon of this, of the soul. But it depends, because we cannot make jokes about other people. I do believe that that is actually an insult. They're not going to laugh at it. Something like the potholes, something like load shedding, we can obviously laugh at. But if we had to make a joke about the apartheid years, about the Aborigines, about the slave trade, we don't have the right to ever think that that is funny. But Mark Twain said, with courage, you'll dare to take risks. Have the strength to be compassionate and the wisdom to be humble. Courage is the foundation of integrity. I think integrity needs to come in where humor is as well, if we are thinking of the humor for anybody else. I would I started this uh, program by talking about anger, and with anger comes fear. That's exactly what Eckhart Tolly said. That um, where there is anger, there's always pain underneath, and there's also fear. And where does this fear come from? If I had to ask you what your fear is for the next year, you would give me a very different answer to the one that I'd get from, say, my grandchild. And even then, it depended on the age of the grandchild. Everyone at the moment has got a lot of fear. And we're all trying to, to deal with that fear in many ways. And Khalil Gibran said, and I'd like to read this slowly to you, It is said that before entering the sea, a river trembles with fear. She looks back at the path she has travelled from the peaks of the mountains, the long winding road crossing forests and villages. And in front of her, she sees an ocean so vast that to enter there seems nothing more than to disappear forever. But there is no other way. The river cannot go back. Nobody can go back. To go back is impossible in existence. The river needs to take the risk of entering the ocean because only then will fear disappear because that's where the river will know it's Mm. not about disappearing into the ocean but of becoming the ocean. All of us need to understand we all have a place in this world. We all have... um, The reason that we are here and Jonathan Sacks said as I end I'd like this it is the space we create for one another that allows love to be like sunlight to a flower the role of love both human and divine is in the lovely phrase of Irish poet John O'Donoghue to bless the space between us I bless the space between us all thank you for listening Thank you Craig and thank you Bruce.